I miss that music. <laughs> hey, y'all. Welcome to Politics on the Fight Lab Feast Network. It is the Midweek Fix. I say it's the Midweek Fix every time it's not <laughs> so Friday. It's like Tuesday, Welcome to midweek, midweek fix. fix. Thursday, Midweek Fix. Monday, hey, Midweek Fix. We're fixing you in the middle of the week. Hey, you guys know there's four things we always want you to do. Really? First, share the show. Oh. Second, join the club. Third, sign up for our Nashville conference, Fight, oh. Laugh, Feast yes. conference oh, yeah. in Nashville, Tennessee, October 1st through 3rd. And what's the number four, Toby? I don't know. Download the, the app. Download the app. Oh. That was number two. Oh. Number I just two. thought we'd repeat that one again. <laughs> <laughs> we should. Join the club. Download the app. Also, download the app. <laughs> also, join the club. Also, it's the midweek fix. <laughs> and also, we have with us right now on the line Mr. Nathan McPherson. He's an attorney and counselor at law and a solicitor of the senior courts of England and Wales. Did you know that, guys? I didn't what? know that. That's what it says in yeah. his bio. He's lived and worked on three continents, represents clients on and has traveled to four continents, studied law not only in the United States, but also Germany, Austria, Budapest, and Prague, and England. He's too young for that. Nathan spent nearly four years as an associate of the world's second largest law firm, Freshfields Bruckhaus Derringer, and in its Frankfurt and London offices. Nathan was also involved in the drafting and negotiation of contracts used by German federal and state finance ministries to bail out German banks. Thanks a lot, Nathan. Wow. Um, Nathan is fluent <laughs> in <laughs> German I, I don't know Should how, we be concerned about that? I know, I know how he <laughs> yeah. couldn't be. Uh, conversant in Brazilian Portuguese, speaks in tongues, and knows some Spanish. Si, senor. Como estas? Uh, he and his <laughs> wife have three children that they homeschool. Nathan, thank you for joining us on Cross Politic. Thank you for having me on. Hey, Nathan, you baptize those kids. What's that? Do you baptize your babies? They've been baptized, yes. Oh, look at you. Hey, oh, you some sort of Presbyterian or something? <laughs> He's a he's a Bible believing Lutheran over there. Okay. Oh, there we go. All right, all right. Mar- Mar- Martin Luther knew about baptizing babies. Yeah, we we like Martin Luther because he laid the groundwork for John Calvin getting it all right. <laughs> <laughs> and we apologize for Gabe. <laughs> hey, is your favorite Christmas uh, 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 show uh, Christmas and Wells? Child's Christmas and Wells. Do you ever see that? No. You never see Child's Christmas and Wells? Woo! Well, I don't know that one. There you go. All right. Well, never mind. <laughs> Buy it. Nathan, you filed a lawsuit. We celebrate Advent, too, you know. Oh, yeah, good. Nathan, you filed a lawsuit uh, last Thursday on behalf of uh, three plaintiffs uh, in Idaho. Yes. uh, A a member of a Christian congregation and two pastors against the governor of Idaho and the health director. Uh, Can you tell us about this lawsuit and what its goal is? Yes, uh, the lawsuit is about religious freedom, fundamental under the Constitution, just like the right to petition government for redress of grievances, you know, filing a lawsuit, fundamental First Amendment rights, and the state of Idaho stay-home order and the current order that's out, like those orders in many states, prohibited the free exercise of religion and even went went beyond simply prohibiting free exercise, but also established a government-sponsored religion, and that is a religion that does not require physical presence, Mm -hmm. Uh, interestingly, because, you know, like we're doing now with this live stream, could have church that way, but you couldn't meet in person. Well, we just talked about baptism. Uh, do you do you want to baptize me now over the Zoom meeting? No, <laughs> kind of hard to do, right? Right. How about uh, Holy Communion, you know, hand me a, some bread and wine. No, kind of hard to do, right? Yeah. So uh, the the state sponsored religion is basically one of Gnosticism, right? A denial of 
uh, physical importance. Wow. Mm. Uh, besides then prohibiting, obviously, the free exercise of religion, of, of even, for instance, indigenous religions that were practiced here by the Native Americans before the pilgrims landed, right? What? They met in person, from my understanding. But <laughs> they didn't have Zoom. Pilgrims forth, they gathered together every Sunday and on other feast days, holy days, any other gatherings, right? Right. That was outlawed by the Idaho governor's order. Now, uh, under the reopening phase, churches are again allowed to meet, but are burdened by these social distancing requirements, uh, must comply with CDC guidelines, which we don't even know what those guidelines are, mm. whereas Home Depot, Lowe's, Costco, etc., have been open the whole time and are not required by law under threat of prosecution to follow any certain guidelines. Mm. So there's a disparate treatment of religious gatherings, religious exercise from other, quote unquote, essential businesses and essential purposes. And our, our, our argument could be summed up as this. Religion, free exercise of religion, being a fundamental constitutional right, is essential as a matter of law. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it makes sense that Walmart's open because they tithe to the government. They pay tithes, right? Um, so, <laughs> so real quick, just before I move on, so what is the goal of the lawsuit? If you win, what what happens? To have these laws declared unconstitutional and to send the message with court precedent that you don't go there. Uh, it, it's shocking to me that, that the Idaho governor and these other governors and mayors and county commissioners and so forth around the country even think that they could do such a thing. Right. I mean, it's the First Amendment. You don't even have to read far in the Bill of Rights. Right. <laughs> but Nathan, Nathan. First I, Amendment, but let alone a, all the Supreme Court cases about equal application. You can't have something that uh, singles out religious practice and is not equally applied to other things. Right. Uh, Nathan, maybe you don't know this, but our attorney general here in Idaho has already said that everything the governor did was legal. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that. Oh, I'm we should, we should all just follow suit. Oh. <laughs> you know, I, I was Doesn't Romans 13 mean that we have to do what he says? Oh! <laughs> uh, well, obviously, you, you think not. Uh, I do want to know, why do you think churches are getting hit like this? Why churches? Because you, you, you're dead on right about it being another religion being implemented. But I wonder why you think they're the target. Uh, because governments historically, you know, what we call statists, so governments that are interested in their own power, don't like Christianity because, you know, we say there's no king but Jesus, which is in, in a sense ironic because Christians are the most loyal and obedient servants, as uh, the, the Lutherans in Magdeburg in 1550 expressed in yep. the Magdeburg Declaration. I'm sure you guys are familiar with that. Yeah. One. Mm -hmm. They said, you know, if you make just laws, we'll be the most loyal servants and follow them. But if you overstep your bounds, and interestingly, what what was the emperor trying to do there that caused that Magdeburg Confession and this was an eighteen month, I think, siege of the city of Magdeburg? Oh, he was telling them, yeah, you can worship God on Sunday and on Christmas and Easter and so forth. You just have to do it using the Roman Catholic Mass. Mm -hmm. You have to follow their liturgy. You can't have your Lutheran liturgy. Interesting. You can still worship fine. You just have to worship in the way the emperor says. Well, isn't that Sort of exactly what yeah. Governor Little is doing here. You can still have church on Sunday. You just have to do it over a Zoom or a YouTube or whatever. Yeah. Wow. It's the same exact thing. History keeps repeating itself. So um, churches, as you already pointed out, churches worship was written in the First Amendment. 
Um, Pizza Hut was not. Um, <laughs> now, I, I, I have a problem a little bit. Something's rubbing me wrong here. In, in your uh, press release and then in your suit, you kind of um, give the analogous situation where uh, someone walks up, delivers a pizza to the front door, uh, you know, gets his tip, walks away. That's legal. But then you you compare to the church. You say a pastor can't come up to the front door, you know, offer Holy Communion, pray, and then uh, go back to his car. That's illegal. The Pizza Hut person's legal. That uh, you know, the the pastor's illegal. Um, I I understand what you're getting at there, but I still have a problem with that comparison. You don't want to compare Just, Holy Communion to Pizza Hut? No, I don't. It's got bread in it. <laughs> but but I understand the point you're making there. Can you make that connection with the First Amendment for me? So yeah, like you said, pizza delivery under both the original stay home order and you know and the, and the prior amendment, and then under these uh, reopen Idaho rules, uh, Pizza Hut delivery is legal. You can either drive up to the Pizza Hut, you can even go inside of the Pizza Hut, or they can come out and do what they call the contactless delivery, where I don't. It's kind of odd they have to hand you a box of pizza. I don't know. <laughs> they they um, put it on our floor one time. We, we, or they it was on the floor, door. and I opened up the door. I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> Yeah, they can set it down on your doorstep. They can hand it, you know, any kind of thing like that. But the point is, you're looking at a guy. He says, here's your pizza. He hands it to you or sets it on the ground. And you pick it up, whatever the deal is. Right. And that is perfectly legal. And obviously, you know, food is essential, right? The right to life is protected under the Constitution. So I, I understand why they would open and keep open food services, although they're shutting down other food production. We don't need to get into that. But So I'm not arguing that we should close down pizza per se, but rather... The only distinction, if your pastor comes to the door, well, first of all, how did your pastor come to your door? Presumably, he doesn't live there unless, you know, the person at the house is pastor. So let's assume your pastor drives from his house to your house. Well, that's already illegal under the prior order because that's non-essential travel that's prohibited. Mm -hmm. He's allowed to drive to the grocery store. He's allowed to drive to Pizza Hut to get his own pizza, but he can't come to your house for a religious purpose. <clears throat> and then he hands you the or sets it down or whatever and speaks the word of God, you know, the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed and so forth. Yes. Uh, as we have recorded. As John Calvin recorded it. First Corinthians. <laughs> and that would be illegal as well. And interestingly, we have the declaration of Pastor Krentz, the confessional Lutheran pastor mm -hmm. there in Moscow where you are. Yeah. Where he dialogued with the police chief there in Moscow and asked, you know, can we do any kind of drive up where, you know, they roll down the window and I hand them the bread and the wine and, and anything like that. They said, no, you can't do any kind of exchange like that. Mm. So the, the, you can you can hand them a pizza if you're the Pizza Hut man, but you can't hand him the bread and the wine, even if it's in some, you know, special hygienic container, which obviously, you know, there's scientific studies we included in the lawsuit on the chalice being a noble metal and the alcohol being generally used to 18% or 20% alcohol content, it's antiseptic. So it's even more sanitary than the Pizza Hut box that's a you know, moist cardboard. <laughs> um, <laughs> Absorbent cardboard. Germ generator. <laughs> yeah. It's prohibited, and, and that's you know, even what the police chiefs said. So can you walk through that with us? So, yeah, John Krenz, I know him. He's a, he's a confessional Lutheran pastor here in town. Um, and when I read his statement, I was just... I was appalled. Yes. Yeah. Um, you were pretty livid. I, I was, and, and, and so he, he had a, a, a ongoing dialogue with the police chief here in Moscow. Can you walk us through that? And just, um, I mean, how, I want our listeners, I want our audience um, to be just, how ludicrous just, this really just was, be yeah. as upset as anyone who might read this. 
So, yeah, he's a, a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod pastor. And so, like we said, with the Magdeburg Confession, yeah, you know, Romans 13, what the Lutherans call the fourth commandment, you would call the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother, extends to others in authority. So we, we pray for religious leaders and so forth. We, we recognize government as a blessing from God to keep right. things. It was Pax Romana that allowed the spread of Christianity throughout the world, right? right. And of course, the, the, you know, our constitutional republic here has allowed uh, the spread of the gospel to, to flourish up until now, perhaps. Yeah. Um, mm. And so he, you know, the, the, the order's in the news and so forth. He reads it when it comes out. It's on the website the governor put up. And is reading it and thinking, wait a minute, this seems to say what I just said. That I mean, I did the same thing. I read the order, and it's, well, wait a minute. Churches are not listed as essential. Pastors are not essential. And then the order specifically said that faith-based, uh, what was the other word? Not religious, but um, in any event, religious and faith-based activities are specifically prohibited yeah. under the order. So he reached out to local law enforcement, went down to the police station, talked to uh, I think the whoever was on duty at that time and some other city worker was there asked them, they initially said, no, it sounds like, yeah, you can do, you know, like a drive up church service or something like this, just keep distance and all that. And then they got back to him and said, Oh, actually, you know, we've checked it out and you can't do any of that. So then he was dialoguing with the police chief. Yeah. We put that in, you know, that dialogue in there, not to, not to call out the police chief. Um, he right. was, uh, seemingly trying to do his best to accommodate the pastor and to see, you know, what, what is lawful under the order. Um, I would have, you know, interposed if I were in his position as some sheriffs are doing, but right. he's at least not being aggressively um, anti-Christian or anything. And he seems to perhaps even be a Christian man himself. So he, he checked things out. He, uh, Pastor Krenz made some suggestions. Well, what if we do this and that, you know, different following these guidelines like churches around the country are doing in, in places where churches, have been permitted to, to gather. All of the churches, you know, by their own initiative are attempting to sort of be smart and safe. They don't want everybody to die or anything like that. Right. right. Christians yeah. Believe in life. Yep. And so the pastor was suggesting all sorts of ways he could still conduct the divine service, what Lutherans call it, you know, the, the hymns, the prayers, the liturgy, um, the sermon and administering the sacrament of Holy communion which his church does every Sunday in accordance with the Lutheran, Lutheran confessions. Is there some way that we can do it? People stay in their cars. I'll go over, I'll even wear a mask and, you know, individually administer the sacrament and so forth. And the police chief kept checking things out and he'd come back and say, sorry, no, I, I've looked. And according to this order, you can't do any of that. <laughs> he could do only what we're doing here is this online thing with, of course, no more than five people. So the pastor plus four others and put it on a video. Wow. You know, I, I was thinking <laughs> when I read through, because that's Exhibit D. I think everybody should read through Exhibit D yeah. in, in your um, uh, we'll put suit the, there. We'll put the link. Were there drive-up? Yeah, he we'll couldn't do drive-up? He drive couldn't through. do drive-up. He couldn't he, do... No exchange. No, no he, exchange. He, well, uh, as I understood it, they could maybe drive up, and he, but they just couldn't exchange anything. They'd so, have to keep the windows up, and he, you know, have to somehow have an audio... No one gets out of the cars. Everyone stays in. So Part of the injustice of these things, when, when men try to make up laws and go beyond God's word, they inherently um, create contradictions. Yeah. And, and Inequality. It, it, it becomes yeah. unequal, yeah. capricious, and tyrannical because it's not the same for everyone. It's yeah. not clear. And so, I mean, one of the things that just – There's no objective truth to it. It's right because it's, it's people. That's it's right. based on man. That's right. Um, but one of the things that just – 
completely bothered me about all this is that we've been, so we, uh, our church is also here in town. We've been trying to, um, you know, honor the magistrate yes, in, the we sa- have. in the same way. Um, but by also, um, insisting that, um, worship is essential. And, and so we actually, we, we dialogued with the mayor. We, we, and it was just us trying to reach out. We didn't think to go to the police. We just went to the mayor. It wasn't, we weren't trying to, Ignore the police. That's just what we did. Yeah, trying to find the authority and, structure and, to go and to. And the yeah. mayor of Moscow at least verbally gave us permission to do drive-in worship service. And and we Does told he know him, that. And we told him we were going to be doing communion. <laughs> okay. We said we were going to be doing communion, and so we did drive-up service for three Sundays. But that was in the uh, county, though, where um, we went. But he told us we were allowed to do it in the city. We we ended up oh, doing it better. outside. So there's the city. no consistency. It's no, arbitrary. But, but he told us at least verbally, you can do it in the city if you can find a place in the city you can do it. Now we ended up, as it happened, we ended up doing it in the county. Um, because that's where we could find a big enough place for us all to park. Yeah. Um, but we were doing, it was, I mean, the, the sheriff also gave us permission, but we were doing drive up. We were doing communion. We hand, we handed boxes with bread and wine right. to each car and each car distributed it within. We were trying to be, you know, hygienic or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's part of what bothers me about this is that meanwhile, we're doing this and some other brothers in Christ here in town be are being told they can't. Um, yeah. um, that's unjust. To the uh, Fifth Amendment and Fourteenth Amendment claims we raise, due process, equal protection, void for vagueness. There's so much confusion with this. And in- interestingly, what Pastor Krentz proposed to the police chief, uh, all of the congregants could pull up at Pizza Hut and get out of their cars and walk in to grab their pizzas right. with no problem, but they couldn't walk in to grab or have the you know contactless delivery of communion, uh, <laughs> according to, the, to this. And the Frankly, a plain reading of the law, of, of the order, I should say, not the law, but the order, yeah. is what the police chief told Pastor Krantz. Right. So how does due process play into this? Yeah. Flesh that out. Because, like you said, you're having different interpretations. It's mm. not clear. There's, not, there's no notice of what exactly is expected of me. And so then it also ties in with the chilling effect where – a pastor reading this, or even me as a lawyer reading this, it looks to me like everything's prohibited. And but now you're getting an opinion that maybe something is allowed. Uh, there's that aspect as well as how can a church be prohibited from operating when there hasn't been a judicial decision? So you know my my normal practice is tax defense, IRS and state tax defense. IRS can't just go in and shut down your business willy nilly. There has to be due process. Even even a levy, there's a thing called a jeopardy levy. It's special under the law. It requires a certain thing. But normally, uh, under 6331, IRS must give you notice before lien and levy and opportunity for a hearing and so forth. That that hasn't happened, right? Yeah. Pastor Cranston's church, the, the plaintiff's churches have not been judicially determined to have violated any law or anything such that they should be told they, they may not operate. It seems like a nuanced, a different constitutional issue aside from the basic religious freedom. It seems like, yeah, it seems like that applies both on the essential, non-essential thing. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yep. what, what process was taken by which that was determined? Yeah. What, um, right. you know, how, how did you walk through and then just divvy up this assignment? But then secondarily, yeah, um, per, per, particularly, um, you also have, um, the, um, even just, even just the, uh, quarantine, um, thing right. uh, and isolation orders. Um, we've talked about this on the show already, but, um, they are the, the Idaho code at least only allows for that for those who are actually sick 
or have um, or locations or, 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 that or are a location infected. where it's reasonably thought that there was there's going to be an outbreak of some sort. But it seems to me that that was a, a judicial sentence was basically levied on the entire state of Idaho. Yeah. You're all infected or likely to be um, contagious, um, so you're all you know you're all shuttered. Yellow tape around the whole thing. Yeah. But then there's no due process in that. Correct. Yes. Hey, Nathan, I, I wanted to ask you, too. Right now, I, we just saw the lady in Dallas, Texas, who um, she opened up her saloon or salon. salon. I always call it saloon. <laughs> saloon. It might, yeah. They had a bunch of guns there. It was pretty <laughs> much a been, saloon. A little okay. whiskey flask. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she opened up her salon um, to find the order. And then she got arrested. And it looks like she's going to do seven days in jail. And the judge asked her. Uh, to apologize, and he removed the the the, the sentence. Sentence. And so I was just looking. And then at she didn't. And she didn't apologize. She didn't apologize. I, I'm good on her. On her. I mean, God yeah. bless her. These, oh, these women are standing up. We need some more men to do it. Um, but oh, I was man. just thinking, the judge was on the other side, and she had no hope of winning that case. None whatsoever. She, there was no momentum that was in her favor because of the way the judge had his mask on. He obviously is concerned about the coronavirus. What He's getting paid. Right. <laughs> He's got a check coming uh-huh. right from the government. So That's real. I'm wondering, right now, the attorney general doesn't seem to be on your side in this case either. Um, do you think you're going to have a, a decent hearing in court with the momentum going the other way? So the interesting thing is the U.S. attorney general is generally speaking on our side. Not right. He hasn't weighed in particularly on our case at this point. Yeah. But he's weighed in on other cases. So we have the Federal Department of Justice, their their guidelines on our side. There are other states' attorney generals, notably Arizona is one where the attorney general issued guidance holding that churches are essential and their constitutional rights may not be burdened. Yeah. Idaho's has not yet come along along to this. So if we don't get a fair hearing in the federal district court, then you know, we'll appeal to the Ninth Circuit. Um, I do think that eventually uh, uh, the Sixth Circuit, for instance, has already weighed in on some of the cases over in that circuit, siding for the Constitution. The, the case law is pretty cut and dry. I mean, it, it seems so simple to me. Yeah. Uh, plain reading of the Constitution, plain reading also of the case law from the Supreme Court on this, that we have a solid case. Uh, I'm not particularly familiar with the judge assigned to our case here at the district court. Um, but I'm confident that in, in the long run, uh, we would prevail. It, it might take an appeal to the Ninth Circuit or even the U.S. Supreme Court. I also think that these cases are going to be consolidated. Um, they may potentially go up to the Supreme Court um, where all the cases around the country would be consolidated. That That's common. Yeah. And this is such a big issue, like you mentioned. Yeah. Are there are, are there other order has has a lawsuit or, or more than one even? Are there more uh, suits in Idaho that you're aware of on this issue? I'm not aware of others in Idaho. I know one or two were just filed in Washington State. Um, okay, there are, I believe, at least two in Kentucky. I'm not aware of any others in Idaho, though. Yeah. Do you do you need more churches to sign up from Idaho with you or to partner with you, or how does that work? That's a good question. It's not really clear. I think it does probably look better for more churches, pastors, congregants to be on board. It shows um, sort of a strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. Legally speaking, um, I can't say that it necessarily makes a difference unless they have different fact patterns that might be nuanced or applying the law to the facts. 
but I do think it would be probably beneficial to show that all of these churches, pastors, congregants uh, are unhappy with this violation of their constitutional rights, and they all believe that their rights have been violated. Um, last question here. I just want to know right now, the people who are watching this show and who are listening to you talk and who are outraged by what's happening, what is it that we can do to help you out or just to make sure this doesn't happen again? How can we be involved in any way? So the interesting thing about rights is they need to be exercised. And the most, mm. uh, at the most fundamental level, of course, is the right to petition for redress grievances, the right of free speech, the right of free exercise of religion the right to peaceably assemble all of the you know these guaranteed under the first amendment and so uh, remember go back to genesis 1 and 2 and then of course john 1 uh, where god created everything by speaking right Mm -hmm. you know that the word is sharper than a double-edged sword so words are powerful god created the world through the word we know in romans that faith comes by hearing the word of god right right speaking the truth not only the, the word of god of course uh, but also speaking up about this being unconstitutional mm-hmm. uh, in personal interactions on social media, anywhere. Um, obviously, you can also join in a lawsuit, uh, file your own lawsuit, join in this lawsuit, et cetera, and then go to church, stand up, uh, sort of like the salon leader. If something is clearly a violation of constitutional rights, hold church, administer the sacrament. Mm. Uh, you know, get legal counsel. You can all, if you're afraid to, to do it and, and be arrested, you can file for a temporary restraining order to say, hey, I want to hold church when it's prohibited. Hmm. But exercise your rights. And this is, again, this is in a, a peaceable manner. Filing a lawsuit is the most uh, legal, the mo- most uh, constitutional way to defend a right. It's using due process of law to follow our constitution. Of course, under Romans 13, Right, obey. Does it does it say obey Caesar, or does it say obey the the hierarchical legal systems established by God? Yeah. Right, in which which here is the Constitution of Idaho, the Constitution of the United States. Mm-hmm. Any laws that that violate those are null and void according to the courts. Mm. Nathan McPherson, brother, we are hoping you and wishing and praying for you that you succeed in this. I, I think yep. we need to have this thing done with because I'm, right. I'm like, I don't want this yeah, to ever happen right. again. Yep. Yep. All right. Thank you for joining us on the show, Nathan. God bless you. If you're really single. Yeah. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them until Sunday. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh and feast. And pastors, go get your church back. <laughs> this is Cross Politics.